0: That's a growler Do you feel like you took a wrong turn in life? Welcome to tomorrow's Motivations where we talk with people who educate, motivate and captivate you with inspirational stories. Here's Dontrell.
1: All right, Parker, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing, my friend? Doing really good. Thanks for having me. Oh man, anytime. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come and do the interview. And I know, especially right now down there with the, you know, the housing market being, you know, at a at a good, interesting uh, time right now, that you'll probably be having people flooding your doors here pretty soon, right?
0: yeah it's it's still coming in uh huge waves people need a place to live so (laughs) that's not changed at
1: all (laughs) most definitely same where i'm at too in my location so i want to just first off say i think it's so awesome when i look at your overall story and what you've been able to achieve this far at this point in your life how you've managed to to really do that with you know a good mindset a good focus and really being able to use the power of a good optimist attitude to overcome your challenges. So just starting off a little bit, I wanted to ask you, how do you personally define success?
0: Uh, that's a great question, Dontrell. I think that um, success comes from within. I, I don't feel as though there's a bar when you get to a certain point then you've succeeded in life i think success is a journey i think in my own opinion i feel as though right now i'm i'm successful with where i'm particularly at so there's 35 agents that work at edge homes i'm i'm one of them right that is edge mm-hmm. homes in utah 35 of us and i've found that the less that i compare myself to other agents and wherever they're at, you know, if they've sold 60 homes this year or whether they've sold two homes this year or uh, anything in between. I feel as though I can be more successful if I just focus on myself and focus on my own goals and the things that I've set for me. And I think that can be applied not only in my sphere, but in anyone's sphere. Uh, I think that uh, setting realistic goals that are achievable, but still push you. When you do that, I feel like when you accomplish those things, you'll feel successful, um, and not only just in a workplace setting, but in other aspects of your life too. Whether it's you know intelligence-wise, uh, or it could be emotional, or um, like emotional stability, or physical. That's another one too. Going to like the gym, or I think that everybody thinks that in order to be physically fit, you have to go to the gym. And I, I don't feel that either. I feel as though you can go on walks or you can ride a bike or go hiking or do other sports. It doesn't necessarily need to be pumping iron in order to be able to get fit or anything like that. So anyways, going back to your question, how, how do you define success? I define success when I set a goal for myself and when I come to achieve it, whatever that time frame is, and sometimes it's outside of the time frame that I originally thought, but when I do achieve that, I feel successful. And whatever kind of goal it is, like I said, in any, dif- any facet of my life, when I come to, to see that come to fruition, that's when I feel successful.
1: That's amazing. And you yourself being a young man, how, how old are you currently? Uh, I'm 31. You're 31. 31. So yeah. still a young guy. Yep. How long did it take you to, let like, that you recognize in your own life and looking back, how long did it take you to develop that mindset to look at life that way? Because there's a lot of people who really don't necessarily look at things in a, a clear paradigm in that certain way.
0: Yeah, I totally understand. I think that it's it's been a journey for sure. I feel as though if you look at me 10 years ago, you know, back in 2010, right? So I was... Twenty-one years old, didn't really kind of know what I was doing with my life. I served an LDS mission, so I was on a mission at that time, and mm-hmm. just focusing on uh, the responsibilities that I had. And then coming home and going to college, and you know, eventually getting a, a job, right, a, a full-time job, and then coming into real estate. Like I just feel like over time, there was just things that were given to me, and I just came to the, the knowledge of it eventually. But if you were to ask me the stuff that I know now, did I know any of it back in 10 years ago? I would say I knew maybe some of it, but probably not the vast majority. I feel like the longer that time goes, if you really are studying and trying to make yourself better, I feel like you exponentially get better. And so the curve is not necessarily like a straight line up, but it's more like it curves up like a slope, if that makes sense. And so mm-hmm. the more that you practice, you just exponentially get way better. Mm-mm. For me, for me in that, in that how I came to realize the things that I know now, be it financially or in real estate or in relationships. I feel like if you ask me relationship questions pertaining to me now, it'd be a different answer than what it was 10 years ago. Okay. And that's just comes from life experience. And so I guess the recommendation, if you're asking for that, for anybody that's listening, is to just take it a step at a time. Don't mm-hmm. compare yourself again to others and where they're at. Because if you do, you'll find yourself having anxiety and mm-hmm. having like self doubt. And those mm-hmm. types of things, hurt your mindset, which is the your mind's the most powerful thing that you have as far as the thing that's God's given you to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish in life. And so mm-hmm. like if I compared myself to we'll just say Warren Buffett, for instance, you know, like multi-billionaire. Uh, the guy is over double my age though, right? Mm-hmm. But he had different opportunities and he did different things in his life, even when he was my age, right? But I don't need to compare myself to Warren Buffett because Warren Buffett's Warren Buffett. He does whatever he wants in his life and he's accomplished things that he feels are the most important to him. But Parker Eads has things that I want to accomplish that not necessarily are Warren Buffett. I I actually have no desire to be a billionaire. No desire, actually. I, I feel as though there's way too much publicity with it there's more tax obligations, there's, uh, there's more, there's just a, a ton more. And I don't really know how much time that man spends with his family. I couldn't tell you, honestly, because I haven't studied it that much. But for me, for Parker Eads, I want to be in a spot where I am comfortable, but I can spend time with my family. And I think a lot of people want that, right? They want, in my mind, it's financial freedom, right? The ability to not have to work if you don't want to, and still be able to maintain a lifestyle for the rest of your life. And that's Mm kind of like where my goal is at. And so to the young viewers or anybody that's listening, I think that you just need to figure out what do you want out of life? What's the main purpose of why you're here? And go Mm -hmm. chase that. And until you achieve it, keep going, keep chasing it. And eventually you'll you, you'll find it.
1: Parker, I can honestly say you are truly a one in a million because there are not a lot of people who would say that they have no desire to be a billionaire, especially <laughs> especially in the the financial times that we live in and in some of the uncertainty. So that even in itself, takes you into a whole new equation when it comes to being a millennial. and you know, one who I believe honestly, has a good perspective of what's most important in life. You mentioned family, and uh, you mentioned that, that important notion of patience, really just trying to be patient with yourself and trying to explore and really find what your purpose is, what your individual purpose is on this earth. And that, that is an amazing gift. And I hope you, you really see that for what it is, what you have. Well, let me
0: ask you this. If you had a billion dollars, what would you do?
1: Honestly, me personally, I would probably help as many people as I can. And I'm and I I'm not being facetious when I say it. I actually have been one to like write out if I ever had any kind of financial success in my life, the specific people that I would help, how I would help them specifically. I would spend the majority of my time serving and, and just doing that kind of what I feel my purpose is, like, you know, telling people stories like I'm doing today, that would be beneficial and I think would be fully satisfying for me just to have the freedom to do that and not have to worry about being limited in how I'm able to help. Mm. Versus now, I feel like, you know, there's more limits that are put on because of not having the full financial freedom or, or unlimited opportunities that that would bring. But like you... I still do what I can, and I still am satisfied for the space and the the place that I'm in now. And I'm patient. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm patiently hoping that as I continue to do my work and try to do the best that I can, that I will eventually be put in a position where I can at least see at least some portion of that desire I have fulfilled on earth. And if not, then fortunately, we know that there's more even after this life that's good and that you can hope for. Hopefully that answered that question. I wasn't expecting that. That's awesome. Sorry. Yeah,
0: uh, (laughs) I'm always curious as to what people would do with money if they had unlimited amount of money. What would you do? And a lot of people, a lot of times, people say, "Yeah, I want to, I want to help people." But are you not helping people now?
1: You know, I I do what I feel like I can, um, with the capacity that I have. So I would say I feel like I do.
0: It would just be probably on a bigger scale, maybe.
1: Right. Probably see. Right. I think that's, yeah, I think for me, that would be like what success would be defined for me was just, you know, how many people I would be able to to help and serve in the ways that it would be the most beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's true. And with yourself, you've been that way. I I know we've had the pleasure of knowing each other. My goodness, I want to say it's been at least eight years, forgive me because I, I swear the older I get, I start, <laughs> the time starts messing together, uh, but I, I, I know it's at least been eight years, maybe yeah. nine. Yeah. And during that time period, even before we actually got introduced and met one-on-one in college and our university, I heard stories about you just because of us having the same similar path and serving the mission that we served for our church Mm-hmm. And it's amazing just because of like the life that you lead, that example that you leave behind, it's always there. And so your example really preceded you <laughs> to us meeting because it it was one of like upliftment and hope and just good energy, good vibes. And when we actually met, it was a time where I was able to see that on my own. Um, and really appreciated having that brothership and that form and that friendship and stuff with you. But then something during that same time period happened that really took my respect level of you to an even greater height than it was before because of a specific trial that you had happened to you during that time and that you overcame. And I, I wondered if you would be willing just to kind of share a little bit of that and how you were able to turn... What some would have seen as a as a tragedy and as completely unfair, how you turned that to saying you know I'm not going to let it define me,
0: yeah no, so i will give the synopsis of the the situation and then i'll I'll answer your question of mm-hmm. what you said as well, so I got in a motorcycle accident uh in two thousand eleven September of two thousand eleven to be exact that yeah, like you said it it uh it was unfair and uh Thank you it it changed my life just being being plain and simple but i think it it changed it in in a lot of good ways you know there obviously was some ways that you know could be viewed as not so good could be viewed as a hardship but i think in the long run i feel as though it was necessary for me to have that in order for me to learn mm-hmm. to to become who who i want to become someday and who i'm still trying to become so the accident happened on UVU campus. I was on a motorcycle, a Honda Shadow 600, nothing special or anything like that. And I was on my way to class. And as I'm coming through an intersection um, that was at the top of UBU campus so on the east side, um, <laughs> next to the soccer fields, uh, I came through the intersection and this maintenance truck, uh, he was like in an F-150 or something like that, was coming the opposite direction of me. And as I entered, uh, he turned left. And so his bumper actually hit the left side of me, particularly my leg, and pretty much annihilated it, right? It was uh, a bad case of Humpty Dumpty, (laughs) to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. So all of my bones in my leg were crushed uh, into several pieces. Uh, They rushed me to the Provo Hospital, which they at that time could not handle the severity of the accident. So then they lifelighted me to IMC in Murray where the orthopedic surgeon, as well as other vascular surgeons and uh, other personnel at the time tried for probably a good 12 hours. I think if I if my memory serves correct to try to save my life one because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, there's major arteries that go down that leg and in your leg. Um, if you've ever studied anatomy and, mm-hmm. um, And two, try to save the leg, right? I mean, first thing is make sure he he doesn't die. And second thing, make make sure we can maybe save a limb.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, fast forward a little bit. Well, my parents, they... Let me kind of give a little caveat. They The doctor came to them after me being in surgery, and I think it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. This this happened at about uh, 1, 1 p.m. in the afternoon, something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, they he, he asked them if we could amputate the leg. And actually, it wasn't 1 a.m. in the morning. It was more like, I think, 11 or something like that. And then uh, they, he still went back in surgery. And my parents were very caring because the doctor i don't know if anybody's ever been faced with with a doctor who has a medical degree right and my parents uh they have education but it's not a doctor The doctor says we're gonna, we need to amputate my my parents they said well we want that to be his decision uh we want uh we want you to try to save it if you can so he goes back and eventually he you know pieces together to a point where at least it'll be fine right for Mm -hmm. for a little bit fast forward three months uh three and a half months 10 11 surgeries and lots of physical therapy later uh, i got an infection and i ended up having to amputate my leg that was tough Uh, i'm not gonna lie that was that was that was tough i think the thing that helped me the most though was that time i had now three months is not long by any means but During that time of of being (laughs) confined to my house, (laughs) Uh, you know, I can't walk and I can't go to school and I can't have a job and I can't do anything pretty much. I'm just laying in bed. Mm -hmm. Um, It gives you a lot of time to think, right? How is my life going to be if I keep this? How is my life going to be if I don't? Uh, I was grateful for that time because I came to the knowledge that my life is going to be better if I don't have this. I don't have this leg because it was sick. I would have had a drop foot. I would have had to have an orthopedic brace. I would have walked with a considerable limp. There was no guarantee that I wouldn't have to have pain meds for the rest of my life because of it. There was no guarantee that actually I could keep the leg. (laughs) There was no guarantees about anything, but there was a guarantee if I amputated my leg that potentially my my quality of my life would be better. Mm -hmm. Now, some doctors will disagree with that and that's okay, but I think the thing that helped me out the most was that during that time, I was pretty close to Heavenly Father, and I prayed a considerable amount, and I felt that that was the right decision. And I've never looked back on it. After after my leg was amputated, and I kind of had to go through that whole process of getting a prosthetic and trying to learn to walk again and try to get back to some kind of a normal life, never regretted it. It was the right decision. Still, still is today. If you were to ask me if I would go back and if I would try to save it, I wouldn't. I would have done the same thing again and again. So I think that with trials, you just, eh, I don't know. It's, it's tough to put it into words, but I guess the best thing that I can do is says easy, does hard. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say something. It's not as easy to do it. But after you do it, it eventually becomes easy. Like if you were to ask me, was that the hardest thing in my whole life that I had to accomplish? I would tell you no. It wasn't. There's many other things that have been in my opinion 10 times harder for me personally mm-hmm. and emotionally. But that that's still a still a hard part. And it doesn't define me because I don't let it. And even the other trials that I've had, you know, past that point in I guess in the past eleven years since that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um or eight years, sorry. I'm doing math wrong. Um, <laughs> those things don't define me either. But I, I feel as though with time all wounds can be healed if you let it. So Absolutely. Hopefully that answers your question. Oh, <laughs> I know my I, goodness. It's kind of in a little bit of a it, roundabout way, but no, <laughs> I'm trying it,
1: to, you know, get the does. rest of it. So. No, thank you. Thank yeah. you for putting that into context. And no, that really does answer the question. That's it, It's amazing to see that even in your young life, having gone through that being a huge, huge change that, a lot of young people or anyone really wouldn't necessarily look at that so optimistically or really like determine as quickly as you did within three months to say, okay, if this is how it's going to be, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. That That's amazing. And that's, again, that's a gift. And that's a testament to just your strength and your ability to choose that and to want that. For yourself. As you look forward and now living your life today, you feel like you have reached this level right now in, in this current time period where you have the success that you are looking for and that you're continuing to grow and to to learn um, as life's experiences continue to happen. What personal examples do you feel like you've had in your life that have navigated you down the path to your current career and, and kind of contributed to you continuing to have the positive outlook that you have
0: so individuals basically that have affected me in in this mm-hmm. trajectory of path okay just making sure i mm-hmm. understood the question um you know i i think that there are a countless number too many to number because there's individuals that affect your life in small ways and mm-hmm. ones that affected in big ways but even the small ways I feel like those can compound later to affect you in a big way, if that makes any sense. For instance, I had a companion on my mission. I'm not going to tell you his name, but we didn't get along. Not at all. Uh, we butted heads a lot. <laughs> and, Which is normal in uh, that. And it's normal, <laughs> yeah. It, it it was tough. It was tough for both of us because we just didn't see eye to eye. And it was mostly because of pride, let's be honest. And I was a prideful person. I'm still working on it, still trying to... Become more humble um, and patient. But I reflect back on that small time that I was with him, which was a matter of a couple months, maybe. Mm -hmm. And the lessons that I learned from that small amount of time actually has helped me in my marriage with my spouse. Mm -hmm. And that's just one instance, right? There's other instances too that for uh, i'll give you another small instance because i'd rather give you small ones because most of the time i feel as though people think of the the big ones which is Mm -hmm. great and i want to give them credit too not discrediting them in any way but there was another one uh when i was a a teaching assistant when i came home from my mission um Mm -hmm. for a short amount of time i was a teaching assistant at a school and the teacher that i was with was very very patient with children um And I wasn't in the slightest. I I was (laughs) knock them in line and make sure that they, you know, did exactly. And we're talking about sixth graders, by the way. I was, you know, 12-year-old kids, right? Where they're still trying to figure out who they are and who they want to be. And Mm -hmm. they will for the next, you know, 20 years after that, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I learned a lot from him. And and just how I interact with, with kids now and how I probably interact with my kids. And so I feel as though people can affect you in really small ways, a lot of people, that can help Mm -hmm. to change your perspective and help you to become better. And then there are some that are more monumental, like my father, you know, and a lot of people talk about their father. And my father, to me, is a pretty incredible man. Very giving, very spiritual, will do anything for anybody. Financially, though, not so much. Works a Mm nine-to-five job, just kind of gets by and does whatever he needs to do you know and uh provides the necessities of life for his family you know but he's not warren buffett bill gates or you know <laughs> anybody that anybody would look at and say oh those guys are really successful right mm-hmm. but in my mind he's he he's very successful very successful man because he treats his wife like a gym and he raised great kids and serves and helps people in any capacity that they need, literally in any capacity that they need, he will do it Mm -hmm. without hesitation. That to me is success. Oh yes. And uh, so anyways, like those examples have definitely helped to mold me. And I'm sure that there's many more people in the next 35, 40 years that I have left on this earth that will, Help me to to also change more
1: mm-hmm. so. absolutely yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The more we live, the more opportunities we have to to meet individuals and to serve individuals so you're absolutely right. you mentioned earlier that you are still trying to work towards a goal and you're still trying to become who you want to become. What are some things that you have right now as one of your big goals that you're trying to achieve, that you're working to to move towards succeeding in?
0: That actually is a, a really good question because you know it's mostly around finance, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And I, I've often thought about this. So usually when I drive, which I drive a, a decent amount being a real estate agent. So I have a lot of time to think in the cars if I'm not on the phone with someone. Mm-hmm. And I've often thought, what do I really want out of this life? And it really boils back to, I want a family and want experiences with them that can help me to just spend time with them and make their life easier. So my goal right now is to make my wife, because I don't have any kids yet, uh, to make her life easier. So to do that, not necessarily always monetary, which but monetary has a big part in it for sure, because like you said, if you have more money, it seems like life is easier. <laughs> it's not yeah. always that way, though I feel like <laughs> mm-hmm, but yeah. but, yeah, like definitely getting to the point where like being completely debt free, uh, I think that that's a big goal, not just consumer debt, um but like house, having got paid off house mm-hmm. um, uh, that's a that's a big goal of mine. Another big goal would definitely be. To be more physically fit because I feel as though the things that you do today to help or hurt your body have a major impact in 10, 20, 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely on, been on my mind as of late. The last thing would be to improve my knowledge. And I know these are a little surface level. I'm not like going super deep into them or like getting really specific. But uh, knowledge, I, I feel like the knowledge that you gain now will help you drastically in the future because there there comes a point where, well, I shouldn't say it, but it's it said that there comes a point where you you don't learn anymore. Like you just learned enough and it's harder to retain later on in life. I don't mm. really want to believe that because they also I've heard statistics and I don't have articles to reference or anything like that, but that after 26 or 27, your vocabulary doesn't go up anymore, which I think is far fetched because my vocabulary has gone up considerably since I was 26.
1: (laughs) I would agree. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so, um, yeah, I think those three things like really family first, Mm -hmm. financial, make that stability, knowledge and take care of your body. And, Kind of rope that all into, uh, in, for me personally, I you know, I'm LDS, right? Or mm-hmm. from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know we have to kind of say the full name now.
1: Amen. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, there There's also a lot of uh, spiritualness that comes to all of that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. But those are no, kind of big,
0: big goals. Yeah.
1: That's that's great, and you're absolutely right. I think it is important. If you feel like there's a chance of there ever being an opportunity to stop learning, I mean, I personally don't think that that's the case. I've had the opportunity to see people in education learning at very many different ages, senior citizens even. Going back to school and going to learn, even if it's just one piece of like a trade or the focus in maybe computer technology. I mean, they're there and they're retaining and learning. So I don't think that there's ever a time as long as you're living that you can not learn something different. And yeah. So no, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And for yourself too, because like you said, you have a full life to live despite all of the fear and the pandemonium that's currently going on in in our country and around the world with this coronavirus. I still think it's, like you said, important to focus on taking the one step at a time. So right now with the place where you're at in your life, what would be the legacy that you would hope to leave on this earth, you know, with your family, your friends, um, the people in your community, like what would be something that you would say you would really hope that they would have taken from the really wonderful experience of having you in their life?
0: That's a, it's a great question. I've also thought about this, and this may be a little interesting, but I want to have a huge funeral, a big one, mm. biggest, like, biggest that they can fit. And the reason why is not not necessarily... <laughs> like any pride or any recognition or anything like that for me. But it would be mostly for me to know that I affected some people in this life, that I I had some part in their life for them to feel that I'm important enough to honor me on my escape, I guess, from this mortal being. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So uh, mm-hmm. that's that kind of uh, is a little bit of a driver in trying to – make good relationships with people because I want my family there. Uh, I mean, whoever, whoever's alive, I mean, I don't know who mm-hmm. will be alive or who won't. Um, but, <laughs> or, or I mean, who knows, maybe I'll die on some remote Island and no one will have a funeral. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Oh, how. I know that probably won't happen. <laughs> no, if that, doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. But I, I honestly, um, I just want to, I want people to feel like they're important. That's pretty much it, and I that so that if that that kind of trails into to that big funeral, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I just feel as though you could have all the money in the world, or all the success, or all the homes, or land, or crops, or I don't even know jewels, gems. Like you could (laughs) have all the material possessions that you could ever have in this world, and when you die. What are you taking with you? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You're taking, you're not taking any of that. That's staying here. There's no U-Haul attached to any hearse that I've ever seen in my Mm -hmm. life. And there never will be. Because when you, when you leave this life, the only thing that you're taking with you is the knowledge that you've gained, the experiences that you've had, and the relationships that you have made as well. That's it. So if that's all you're going to take with you, why not focus on that?
1: Beautifully said, my friend, beautifully said, thank you so much and thank you for sharing you know your your experience and and how you've been able to really learn and grow. and what truly is the most important things in life that we can focus on is how to be in service to other people and really just how to be patient with ourselves in this journey called life, that we try to do the best at every day to the best of our ability with what yep. we've been given yep. and just having that positive outlook. Thank you for reminding us of that. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate uh, the, the opportunity to talk with you for a little bit. It's been fun.
1: Likewise, my friend. And I look forward to seeing you continue on in your success. Good. Yeah. Well, hope so.
0: I guess we'll find <laughs> out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: For listening to tomorrow's Motivational Podcast. Please join us again next time.
1: Wow, something is really different on the
0: grower.